Thirsty Thursday. Indeed. What up? We have Javier Hase, international man of mystery, Argentinian action figure, best damn cannabis journalist in the world. You got Elliot Lane, Benzinga person. Uh, we're here to bring you all your cannabis news. Come on, insights. host of Cannabis Daily. Are you not listening every day to Elliot Lane's Cannabis Daily podcast? You are missing out. Listen Early in, in the morning, he posts all of the top cannabis news in five minutes. Listen while you drive to work, while you shower, while you brush your teeth. If you don't brush your teeth, brush your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? On that note, we're going to let you all sit on that. Aaron Thomas, get us started. Did you brush your teeth? Yep. Does it take five minutes to brush your teeth? That's my question. Have you ever tried CBD toothpaste? Oh, oh, oh. I'm trying to get um, a partner of mine, uh, Zalira, to send some of their CBD toothpaste I, to our event. That's what I tried, actually. I'm trying to get them to send some to our event in Chicago. So if you all come to Chicago, nice. we may yeah, have some it. CBD toothpaste there. No, it's really good. It's really good. It, 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 it gives you like a little bit of a sedative sensation nothing major it's like a regular toothpaste just tastes very good but very can good. you e-com that like can we get some e-commerce like cbd toothpaste can we order it offline from sure. zalira i'm sure like oh, why wouldn't they would you hey would you all watching would you all affiliate like if you all found an affiliate link on benzinga that led you to cbd toothpaste would you click on that link and buy some legit <laughs> survey question would you all do some product affiliate buys through Benzinga of CBD <laughs> products such as toothpaste? That is my question for the yeah. audience today. You uh, like it. I'm going to say I would. I would. Javi, would you? I know. Yeah. Why I mean, right. definitely. What's up, y'all? You stole my survey question. I wanted to play the guess what Elliot and Javi are drinking. I saw you were drinking something that was also <laughs> well, my, mysterious. kind of gives it away. Oh, okay. <laughs> so can you guess mine? Peach iced tea. No, almost. Uh, hold it up again. Uh, cran apple juice, or white white cran white white grape cranberry no. juice. Apple apple kombucha. Apple kombucha. You're such a hipster. Uh, <laughs> Very weird. Such a hipster <laughs> thing. All right, we got Jay Rice in the comments already. I mean. CGC RIP. Yep. There've been a lot of things happening with that company this week. Let's Canopy Growth into, Corp. Let's get into that specific news yeah. item. She's talking about Canopy Growth Corporation, CGC on the New York Stock Exchange, Weed on uh, Canadian exchanges. Uh, it divested its fifth asset since April. Uh, they're going in this di divestiture spree, right? They they Worth have noting very well. part of the plan. Worth yes. noting. They were planning this at the end of their last fiscal year quarter. Yeah. Like they're like, we're I gonna mean, sell a bunch of crap. I mean, there's a bunch of things to, to keep in mind here. One one of it is they sold a facility in Modesto in California, which makes quite a bit of sense since Canopy isn't very active in the US. No, there was one. a it was the Owen Bennett note note. Do you see that? Monday, Monday or Tuesday, Owen Bennett from Jeffries came out with a note, uh, basically saying, Listen, if it, 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 the cannabis core 
um, operations and core assets are just, they're terrible. But Canopy USA is worth holding on to. It is such a strong idea that if they can um, strive for that and continue their path toward that successfully, mm-hmm. this makes this company um, very, very interesting to him. Yeah. And, and, and they're halfway through the transformation already, right? Uh, since April 1st, 2023, they sold five facilities for proceeds of around $81 million Canadian. And they want to get up to $150 million Canadian by the end of September of this year. So, uh, you know, investors should be expecting more asset sales in the next few months, right? And several mm-hmm. more. Yeah, I, I agree. Y'all don't be surprised about that. Jay, yes, their accounts quit. They lost their auditors, KPMG, replaced by PKF O'Connor Davies. Um, How you do know, you know that? By heart. Uh, bro, we're in cannabis, man. You just read stuff, right? Well, um, retain you are that information. in cannabis. I might be on cannabis now. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, what, what product do you think Javi's on right now? Edible? Mm-hmm. Did he hit Did he hit a Puffco bong? Kombucha. Kombucha. I I tried one of the best products I've ever tried. And honestly, like it's, it's a a piece of paraphernalia. It's called, uh, Oh, I forgot the name. It's called the Zenko. The Zenko. Uh, I'm going to walk and grab it just for a second. It's, it's like a pipe for concentrates, (laughs) but you kind of drink it. Like if it was a glass of, of, uh, drink like a drink or something right so you put in the concentrate it creates a vapor and then you remove the low glass i'm going to review it sometime soon but this is how it looks you know you you get the um the concentrate in here place this up here and just wait it to heat up and it falls it fills off this with with uh the vapor and then you you take it off and you drink it it looks like an and um like gas lantern that you carry around <laughs> totally a hundred percent in your creepy like 1800 gas lantern like ghost story i feel like you know they could like do a parody uh of that and then they just get high anyways um yeah jay rice back to cgc their accountants quit slash i don't know I, i've seen some different uh reports of that you know quit you know, they changed course, whatever it may be. Um, this is not the first time. That being said, Javi, do you read into that? Is that something you care about? You know, when you see auditors walk away or you know, are... Yeah. I mean, definitely worrying at the same time. Uh, there's always a backstory to everything, right? right. So uh, there may be more than one. I have no idea why they, they walked out. Um if it was a mutual decision or not, right? It's 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 like a breakup, right? Everyone will, will argue it was mutual, but but one of them is usually walking out. Yeah, I I, I would tend to agree with you. I just want to keep an open mind uh, in regards to what we've seen. But all that said, um, I would say I think the biggest concern for me for CGC is the biosteel uh, aspect. You know, when it comes to there was a ten million dollar over reporting uh, in their revenues. Um, so they had to like let go of the management team and or like restructure the team, um, you know, in order to get more transparent accounting from their like most valuable core asset. I really wonder like how how you make such big mistakes. And we, we've been seeing quite a bit of this in in, in recent uh, 
weeks, right? A few companies overstating the revenue, uh, misstating their, their 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 financials. Some of them not including them in their press releases when their when their numbers are bad, right? It's it's, it's not yeah. a great situation. It doesn't make us look great. Yeah, I've seen some. Uh, I will say, you know, this kind of segues into another topic, um, which. You know, CGC is probably always a part of most of these topics, so we can always come back, Jay, if you have any other questions. But ATB Capital Markets, you see their note this morning and or late last night. Um, They say that fundamentals still matter when it comes to Canadian cannabis company stock prices. Says who? No. What? <laughs> I knew you would say that. All right. What? So, so, no way. so yeah, they, that, okay. Like, so basically, I mean, they do matter. They should matter. They should they matter. But, but do they but really? Do they? Okay. So they lay it out for you. Basically, the case they give and they lay out like, hey, fundamentals probably don't matter across the whole market because SP and the TSX composite and Russell 2000 are up 2.2 and 4.8% year to date, respectively. HMMJ, which is the benchmark for Canadian stocks that they use, ATB Capital Market specifically uses, is down 28.6% year to date, right? So you see that and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> What's the difference here, right? So things driving down the market include oversupply and price compression, lack of regulatory insight, stretch balance sheets, ton of other stuff. Um, however, you look on the opposite end. Best, and then th- this is where they start to look at, okay, you know, maybe what's driving down the market are actually crap balance sheets uh, and, and, you know, terrible reporting, right? And not great operations. So they bring up decibel cannabis, mm-hmm. a stock on the OTC DBCCF, I believe. DBCCF is there. They're up 35% year to date. They have like 60 something percent revenue growth year to date. Um, their balance sheet is doing great. They listed a few other stocks basically saying fundamentals matter when the companies are good. It's basically what ATB is saying. Um, so an interesting note there, uh, kind of shots fired, but also saying you don't just have to look at uh, the SNDLs, the, the VFFs, the ACBs, the CGCs uh, to get a gauge on trading cannabis stocks. You're muted. I'm muted, I realize. Uh, no, and, and it's like, it's totally fair too, right? It's, it's a good analysis and it's very fair, right? Because we often uh, just like issue these blanket statements about the state of the cannabis industry, about the state of cannabis stocks, because Tilray is up or down, because Canopy is up or down. But as, as the note says, like in reality, the market is much larger, right? And mm-hmm. maybe some of the, the bigger names are not so much driven by hype. Or, or the opposite of hype for for some of these companies, but but actual fundamentals. So that and that is fair to say. To me. I, I I kind of agree with him now, right? In the mm-hmm. sense that some of the smaller companies are better valued, uh, you know, versus their actual numbers. In the past, we look at them as exit targets, right? Uh, is like, man, Decibel is going to get eaten up by mm-hmm. uh, by Aurora or by Tilray or, or whoever. You know, do they is, still have the money to buy? That's what I'm saying. Is like now I don't think we do. Yeah. I think we actually look at them as like this is possibly a legitimate competitor for market share. I mean, it is, but at the same time, I think like anyone with 150, 200 million dollars can buy up Decibel without a lot of resistance. I mean, I would not sell at this point. <laughs> 
I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, but that said, I mean, M and A, uh, I have heard that we'll see some trends pick up, uh, or M and A pick up some trends, um, following that later this year, somewhat due to desperation, um, that they need to sell some assets like we're seeing with canopy, mm-hmm. um, you know, some others that we may actually see some good deals come through. So it's going to be interesting to watch, but anyways, Javi just wanted to get your reaction on that. Yeah, I was actually thinking, right, like an, like a uh, a trend that might be starting now, right? Just like we we we've seen many of the major uh, Canadian operators list in, in big U.S. exchanges. Uh, now TerraSend uh, said it is listing on the TSX up in Canada uh, on July fourth, and this is the first American MSO to trade on the TSX, right? Uh, the Toronto Stock Exchange, um, which I think could be a signal of, of of what might be a new trend, maybe. There have also, though, uh, with Terrison, they've had a series, I think, of positive press releases over the past week. Mm-hmm. They had yeah. some $25 million note from Stearns Bank um, you know, that they were able to collect. I think they had an equity raise as well. Yeah, no, they raise, they raise money, they reduce expenses, transform the balance sheet, uh, lower interest interest expenses. Uh, they're now cash flow positive. Uh, you know, I I don't generally rank C suites. Um, you know, I think each situation is somewhat different because every cannabis footprint is different. Your product suite's different, and there's so many different things that each company has to deal with. They may not be exactly alike, but Jason Wilde's up there, man. When yep. it comes to savvy CEOs, savvy people leading these companies, Jason Wilde would be the one of the ones that I would pick to run mine. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Some other news out of what I think is DC this time around. Uh, we finally have a cannabis-focused SPAC or Super PAC, uh, which is not the same as <laughs> Those are like, <laughs> different things, Javi. <laughs> This is a super PAC, a super political action committee, which I think is the most ridiculous name for anything ever. But we have a super PAC now. It's called, um, what was it called? Legalize America? Yeah, Legalize America. Uh, And, you know, they they aim not only at reforming cannabis laws, but also expungement. They have support from from operators like like Coorleaf. Very interesting to keep an eye on, I, I think, right? I guess. <laughs> I'm tired, man. I just want to see some results. Zero. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I, I read something like this and I'm like, thank you. We need you all doing this. We need you all lobbying. We need you all active. But, like, at the end of the day, I'd rather see like a really strong unified voice there. You know, mm-hmm. we have like these different little lobbying arms. And personalities, at the end of the day, is what they are. These personalities uh, on DC that are pushing, you know, for different things for the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, it's mean, like, I, I, do, I do like the idea of a super pack. Seeing it, like maybe that changes something. Uh, at the last Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference in, in April in Miami, uh, Representative Dean Phillips uh, was actually talking a little bit about this, and 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 he said, you know, it's you know, there we lawmakers usually look at the issues that are being lobbied for, right? Where they get the pressure, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? As he said. Um, so I think a, a more concerted effort and and real money behind it might 
tilt the scale in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but at the same time, it's something we've been talking about for so many years. And actually, that is a great segue for the video that we had for today, right? I, I agree. I agree. I, you know, just just looking, you know, sifting through the engine a little bit, I found this interview of Obama 80 years ago with Vice News. And he was talking about things that might happen and, and his views on, on drug policy. And it's the exact same issue 80 years later. Let's watch it. I'd separate out the issue of the criminalization of marijuana from encouraging its use. I think there is no doubt that our criminal justice system generally is so heavily skewed towards cracking down on nonviolent drug offenders mm -hmm. that it has not just had a, a terrible effect on uh, many communities, particularly communities of color, rendering a lot of folks unemployable because they got felony records disproportionate prison sentences. It costs a huge amount of money to states, and a lot of states are starting to figure that out. But what I'm encouraged by is you're starting to see not just liberal Democrats, but also some con very conservative Republicans recognize this doesn't make sense, including sort of the libertarian wing of the Republican and they Party. See the money, um, and they see the money and, and how costly it is to incarcerate. So we may actually be able to make some progress on the decriminalization side. At a certain point, if enough states uh, end up um, decriminalizing, uh, then Congress may then you know, reschedule uh, marijuana. Mm. Um, but I always say to folks, you know, uh, legalization or decriminalization is not a panacea. Do you feel the same way about meth? Do we feel the same way about Coke? Uh, how about crack? How about heroin? And, and there is a legitimate, I think, concern about the overall effects this has on society and, and particularly vulnerable parts of our society. Substance abuse generally, legal and illegal substances, uh, is a problem. Locking somebody up for 20 years is probably not the best strategy. Uh, and that's something that we have to re uh, rethink uh, as a society as a whole. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, man. But it, it, it th th this interview could have easily happened last week. It could it could happen today. That would be exactly the same, right? It's it's like we we. But at the end of the day, he kind of listen. Like that, we're not political here. I mean, Javi is. I try not to be political here. But at the end of the day, you know, there are things about that interview where you know you ask. Why didn't, you know, he create more decrim efforts on his side? Like, you know, Biden did sign that. Biden took it a step further than, than President Obama did. So there is that. But at the same time, you know, he actually said it right after that. If enough states decriminalize, then Congress may do something. I'm yeah, well, but, but we see like eight years later, 23 states move to 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 legalize since uh, mm -hmm. for, for, you know, some kind of, of, of use. Like this is... Like, I think you look at this two ways, in my opinion. This video, you have two different perspectives here. You can A, look at it at the politician and what the politician, uh, his views are and why he's saying this. And B, you look at the issues, right? And they're common sense issues, what he's saying, right? You know, A, you can go back and be like, well, why didn't you do this? What's going on here? Why haven't we still done anything uh, to move this forward? But man, it's so crazy how we're talking about this eight years later, dude. This interview took place before I was even in the cannabis industry. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's it's insane, and, and you know, I, I maybe we can bring up this uh, other video, the the one where where Dean Phillips uh, recognizes that they haven't made the legalization their highest priority, right? Um, so time goes by, and and everything we predicted around policy and cannabis, what needed to happen for cannabis to be either decriminalized or fully legalized, all these things have happened, and yet we haven't seen the movement we expected, right? That is what, what baffles me, right? Well, and, and because also what, what makes me very um not what 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 is uh, I'm looking at the, the day you gotta I, follow the money. Yeah. I'm I I really like when, when people say the same things nowadays, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Let's like I, I want to see the proof is in the pudding at this point, right? I don't know. At the end of the day, I think you have to follow the money. And you know, he he hinted at it there, you know, but I don't know if politicians are necessarily following the money. But what I mean by that is the right bills have to lead for anything to happen. SAFE allows companies to do different things with their money, allows them to put it away, allows other institutions to get into the space, right? There's certain mm -hmm. things that SAFE allows that this industry needs. Is it a game changer per se in how these no. people run their businesses? No, it's not. You know, is it a game changer in terms of how much money and capital could flow in and out of this industry? I think it improves that for sure. Oh yeah, a lot. Right, but you know, you need to to couple that with um with you know tax relief at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, well, maybe here's a sequence of things, right? Imagine safe passes. Well, then uh, institutional investors and big institutional investors will start to jump into cannabis. This is what we think will happen, right? That will mean that cannabis companies will be better capitalized. And we'll be able to invest more money into lobbying, which would then, we'd assume, drive legalization forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think full legalization is far away. <laughs> I think it's pretty damn far away. Um, but at the end of the day, we can still have more efficiently and easy to run businesses. It's never going to be easy to run a cannabis business, but it can be easier. Now, here's here's some good news on the on the state level. Uh, starting next week, starting July first, uh, people in Connecticut starting will Saturday, be bro. What? Yeah, starting Saturday. Okay. In two days. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. In two days. That if July first, uh, people in Connecticut, twenty one and over, can grow uh, cannabis at home with a maximum of twelve uh, plants per household. Um, but, but adults can grow up to three mature and three immature plants with a maximum of 12 per household. So that means that if there's more than one adult, uh, the number doubles, right? But there's still a limit, right? You can't argue, Hey, I live with five friends. I then I'm allowed to have 15 plants. You're only allowed to have 12, notwithstanding. Mm -hmm. Uh, but good, good stuff. Good stuff. At the same time, I, I, I always wonder why the hell... Is it not allowed to grow cannabis at home in states where it's a where cannabis is allowed? Right. Yeah, like, I guess they still have to have like what is the appropriate amount to be like a licensed provider of cannabis, right? Well, this is not for sale, right? Like that 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 is important to to point out, right? People growing at home should not be selling their their cannabis. It's not legal. Agreed. Um, that is 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know then. I mean, I would imagine like that maybe it's just uh, draconian laws because they had to have that limit at some point, you know, the, the limit to, to hit a felony, the limit to hit certain things, uh, to in, hit the intent to distribute. Right. You know, so maybe it's still like grandfathered in from those laws. It is. It is. But honestly, it's, it's a ridiculous concern. Who, who like how much weed are, are 12 one plants producing? Right. Like, is it is it significant enough? Mountains of weed. Mountains of weed. Mountains of weed. Javi, yeah, you get, we got three minutes, bro. Zelensky confirmed his support for legalizing medical marijuana in the U.S. Go to minzinga.com slash cannabis after the show and find out why Zelensky thinks Ukraine should legalize medical marijuana. Then do it. <laughs> That's what I have to say to these politicians now. Just do it like Shia LaBeouf style. Oh, it's actually complex, right? When Whenever people say, you know, Obama or, or Biden should legalize, it's it's not up to him, right? It's, it's not. It's there. There are certain countries who have more like hyper presidential regimes. Right? You could and, prioritize it better. Uh, yeah. To be fair, Obama and Biden yes. both could have. Biden yes. did more than any president in the history. That being said, did he go far enough? I would argue no. Right. You know, but I think it, we'll see this year. Right. You know, I think we're going to see uh, the health and human services move this year. You know, that that's mm -hmm. what everybody's saying. So, um, and I have one last one to close it up here. Elliot, can Copy. you guess? Can you guess which state in the U.S. is getting the most capital for cannabis? The, the most okay. capital invested into the cannabis industry. So, I know the answer to this, but I'll tell you what I would have guessed if I didn't know the answer to this. I would have guessed Missouri. Really? Yes, I would have guessed Missouri. I know I'm incorrect. I would have guessed New York, but New York is only number eh, two. Garbage. According state. to data out of our very good friends at Viridian Capital Advisors, Illinois has raked in the most money for cannabis businesses in the last 12 months, an astounding $454 million in one year. Insane. Awesome. Yeah. Close runner-up, New York, with almost $410 million in the last 12 months. Um, what also surprised me a little bit was that, you know, the, the third spot is was taken by California uh, with $308 million, so $100 million less than New York. Very big difference. However, it had the most deals with 28 investment deals in the last 12 months. What this tells me is, People are still betting a lot on California, just cutting smaller checks, right? In, in Illinois, New York, people are like, okay, you know, here's $50 million for this. Here's $100 million for that. In California, maybe they're getting one, two, five, ten million dollars $10 million for retail. At the end of the day, they need more dispensaries in California. They still have so many of the population they can't reach with storefronts. But, you know, all that said, like, it's still the largest cannabis economy in the world. And one of the, I think, a top 10 economy as a state in the world as well. And just overall. So, I mean, you can't ignore California. You can't ignore California. But one thing is clear as well, and is you can't ignore Illinois. It's hard to ignore California. If you read the newspapers around the world, everyone talks about California weed, California style legalization. People are not talking about Illinois enough. You know what? 
We'll be discussing a bunch of topics around Illinois at the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference. Coming to Illinois, Chicago, September 27 and 28, bccannabis.com. For more information, come join us. We'll be talking about all these topics and many, many, many more uh, on how to thrive in this, this market that is often called, well, Chicago, right? It's, it's often uh, called the Silicon Valley of cannabis. So yep. step aside, California. Ha. Bye. All right, y'all. That's it for today. Keep an eye on CGC throughout the week. HMMJ is another one for you. The Horizons uh, Marijuana uh, ETF there. But as always, tune in every Tuesday and Thursday at 1 Eastern time for Javi and I as we touch base with tons of executives in the space, hear from them, their perspectives. Uh, we will continue that on Tuesday uh, with another great interview. Uh, Javi, last words to you, you damn good journalist, you. Yeah, no, just a shout out to, to our beautiful, loyal audience, Quantum, Sean Allen, Nicholas J. Rice, Anthony Freed. Uh, Timothy Hightower. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Uh, you know, Heath Koresh. Great names. Timothy Hightower Sr. is a fantastic name. <laughs> it's very uh, Lord Timothy Hightower. Uh, I love it. <laughs> if you're still watching. I will keep reading to that. Yeah. Anyways, y'all, we're out. We'll see you again tomorrow morning for Cannabis Daily. Every day, cannabis, benzinga.com slash cannabis for all your written news throughout the day. Get the app. Uh, we have a whole cannabis news feed. And we'll see you again next Tuesday for our sure. next interview. Until then, y'all, have a great, great, great rest of your week.